0: Welcome to Roman Emperor's Hotelis Rancium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob and this is one episode that I like to call <laughs> 163 Andronicus Three. Saved that, didn't I, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, was you did. smooth. <laughs> it was. Yes. Here we are. Uh, just mentioned, Jamie, just before we started. Um, today, we're doing the very last emperor's great-grandfather. I mean, that's not what you said. No. Close enough. It was the close in- enough. The intention was there. It was intention. accurate. Yeah, in fact, I'll do a quick flashback edit and everyone can hear what I said. Record. I'm recording. His son is the grandfather of the very last Roman emperor. Oh, so he's the great-grandfather. You could say that, yes. We're close. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. So I stand by what, what I said. Yeah, it's not a couple wrong. Of minutes ago. It's not wrong. Not wrong at all. No. Talking of someone being wrong, Jamie, segue like it. <laughs> Last time Oh no. When, <laughs> when oh, we no. were doing Michael Nine's episode, there was a bit of bit of a debate, wasn't there, Jamie, over points? Yes. I I wanted to give him a few points for um charging into battle at the head yes. of his army, and you did not want to give him points. You're like, No, no that was a stupid thing to do. Yeah. I stand by that. Okay, well, it's close, but we we, we asked the dear listeners to, to decide and uh, the results are close, so you need to start a tally because I've not bothered to tally it up yet. And we're going to see who on. wins. Okay, um, I'm just going to stick to Facebook, but it was representative on Twitter, I think, looking at it. So let's see. Uh... <laughs> You'd only say that if you know you've won. <laughs> uh, uh, who knows, Jamie? Let's do the tally. Um, let's... Um... <laughs> I, I won't read out every comment, obviously, because that would take too long. I'll summarise or I'll just read I'll very... I'll just <laughs> I'll just say the uh the, the first line or so. Kyle said, I agree with Rob. That's one for me. Hooray. Did say you had a sexy voice though, so that's nice. You get that. I think that was nice. when you were doing a sexy voice, not just your voice generally, although that is also sexy. Uh, anyway nice. that's one for me, you got that? Yeah?
1: Yes, I've put uh,
0: that one down. Bailey, um, Jeff here, Rob. Tom Ballantyne, Rob wins. Jade, apologies, Jamie, but absolutely team Rob. Lewis, as much as I'd like to side with Jamie, uh, I've got to go with Rob. <laughs> ben, despite James' best efforts, Rob's right. Mark, yep, Rob wins this one. Mag's, gonna have to agree with Rob. John, oh, he's just excited for the next episodes. Um, yeah, John does the point? <laughs> you can, you can Is that have, to me? <laughs> you can have half a point because Sean Meltzer didn't express an opinion. Yes. <laughs> Either way. Um... Courtney, Team Rob all the way, Ria joining Team Rob, Ron Fontana, Fontana, Fontana. really nice message uh, from his, he, he's been listening since 2020, he, he oh. binged all of our episodes in just four weeks and uh, wow. he's never commented on a single thing that we've done because it's just not what he does and that's fair enough, I was like that when I listened to podcasts but yeah, yeah he's on Team Rob, Alright. <laughs> he finally had to come out of the, uh, the woodwork just to uh, Just anyway, to put that nail into Jamie's soul. How's, how's the uh, tally coming along? Uh, at the moment, it's eleven. It's eleven. Michelle, now. Team Rob, Tina, Rob is right. Macda, Jamie. Sorry, I vote for Rob. Oh, that that was a that was a mean swerve, Rob. <laughs> Christy, Rob, Ryan, Team Rob, Jesse, Rob, Katie, Rob. I'm being slightly mean here because I did skip one. Let's see if I can find it. Angel, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Gill, Team Jamie. Fine line between bravery and stupidity, and Michael just stupidly charged into an w- unwinnable situation. Exactly, Angel yeah. or Angel, thank you. And um, and James Latman also goes for you, Jamie.
1: Oh yes,
0: because he went back and listened to the very first episode, and we said, were they a good fighter, and did they manage the troops well? And he's saying that he didn't do that.
1: Yes, see that's why I've always got my head Rob. I don't yeah. just change arbitrarily between <laughs> different meanings of the of the rounds.
0: It's a good argument, uh, almost as good, uh, I'd say, to counteract all those points I got. <laughs> what all 19. So I'm uh, I'm willing to call it a draw apart from this very <laughs> last one, Jonathan Tate. Unfortunately no one will be able to see this but you but he merely has put a gif of um, the letters R, O and B doing a little victory dance. There it is. So I I think that's inconclusive. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's safe to say I won that. And you know what, Jamie? What I could have done is started the episode and just said, oh, by the way, the listeners agreed with me. I could have done that. Yeah, you could have. I didn't yeah. need to spend what is possibly 10 minutes at the start of an episode before we actually get to the content of an episode, just making it really sure that, that we knew who won. It's but not I'm not that man, sake. Jamie.
1: <laughs> You're not.
0: I am You've petty. Christmas.
1: Yeah. You like to just twist that. It's just like I accidentally stabbed myself. I accidentally cut myself. And you just twisted the knife, stubbed it in harder and laughed while sprinkling Christmas tinsel all over my face. Yeah.
0: Well, I didn't Thanks. do that. The listeners did that, Jamie.
1: That's true. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
0: I shall remember this. <laughs> I shall remember. Right. Anyway, so Michael's points stand, or at least um, what I gave him stands. So you, so you can, so we can change our points after the fact. No, oh, no, no. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're not breaking That's that it. precedent on episode 163 <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. Although I'm saying that, I'm fairly sure we've done that in the past. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Who knows, Jamie? Who Missed could say? Time. Right, anyway. Andronicus 3. Here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, you're all deflated now, aren't you? I'm a little bit, but it's okay. I'll, what, I'll get over it. What could happen in this episode that would cheer you up? Did his Juliana's turning up. Okay. that's Off- un- Offering advice It's unlikely Marcus. to happen. I can offer oh, you oh. a stupid death. How about that? brilliant that'll do yeah yeah okay right okay in the last two episodes we have covered the life of the grandfather andronicus two and the father michael nine yeah. time to go on to the son grandson andronicus three and obviously we've covered a little bit of his life already uh, but let's 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 cover it like we usually do andronicus three born on the 25th of march 1297 oh, that's only like nine months away from christmas I know it's so close to being Christmas, or oh, three oh, months away from oh, Christmas. My Depends. goodness, Jamie! I just realised uh, there's a reason <laughs> why there's jingly bows at the start of this. It's our Christmas special episode. This is oh yeah, yeah, right. What everyone knows. Cold? Everyone knows what to do. Imagine the the, the Father Christmas hats on everyone. Yeah. Yeah, good. When Andronicus was born, he was born with a Father Christmas hat on, and much to everyone's delight and confusion, as it was <laughs> the middle of March. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, his grandfather had been the emperor for about 15 years at the point of Andronicus's birth, and his father Michael had been made co-ruler for the last two years, so he was very much born into an imperial household, born into the purple. As covered last time. Andronicus had a brother called Manuel... Manuel. And he also had two sisters, Anna and Theodora, and all were royalty. But Andronicus was the heir, and he would have been treated as such. Doted on Very like much the finest so. Lego, like his Lego technics, not just Lego blocks. Like Oh, wow, he got... Oh, but then you'd just be slightly annoyed because normal Lego's cooler. It is, to be fair. Yeah. Okay, the really expensive Star Wars kits. Yes, yeah, exactly. The really big one, £600 ones. Big. Pound for a Star Destroyer kind of thing. A big castle with a ghost that glows in the dark in it. <gasps> That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The Harge Sophia. You'd probably <laughs> buy that in Lego nowadays. Yeah, he's got a set of that. Manuel just got a rubbish car. Oh, uh, Because apparently Andronicus was the favourite of his grandfather when he was small. Uh, we don't get much on the childhood of Andronicus, which is a shame. But um, as per usual, royal baby, royal child would have been brought up in royal surroundings and had a charmed life. Uh, it would appear that around this time, Andronicus III was not following his father around. Remember, his father was off being defeated by the Turks and then being defeated by the Bulgarians, uh, whereas Andronicus III was under 10 years old at this point. So he probably, understandably, wasn't there. Yeah, he's uh, probably completing as Lego set. Yeah, exactly. He was doing you that when, yeah, <laughs> a dome that just collapses <laughs> yeah. every half hour. Yeah, <laughs> a little minifigure of the patriarch just <laughs> shouting underneath. <laughs> ah. Yeah, um, yeah. So he was around ten when his father suffered the defeat at the hands of Svetoslav, the Bulgarian Tsar. If you remember, this is where the Alans all rushed onto the bridge and then fell off because it was a trap. Yeah. Yeah. And also, if you remember, Svetislav ends up marrying Andronicus III's sister, Theodora, not too long after this. I remember that, yes. Yeah. Anyway, back to Andronicus III here. We can assume that if he was the favourite of the old emperor, then he was probably a fairly sensible boy, or at least a yeah. cute one, or one that his grandfather saw something in. Or had a great sense of humour. Well, maybe. Uh, but then he reaches his teens. Yay! And Rail it all Bay. goes off the rails. Because that's what often happens with royal children in the empire. He, uh, It just all goes to his head. Uh, I wish I could tell you we had individual stories, but no. This makes them up. Well, we, we know a little bit. We could build oh, okay. on that. Uh, he liked to gamble. He was often found in the Genoese quarter, just gambling with the nobility there. Yeah. Remember, the Genoese had a, a whole section of the city that was just theirs, and all the rich merchants were there. And Venice okay. had a section yeah, nice. so, yeah he, he was just frittering all his money away uh, Apparently he slept around and generally got himself into drunken trouble Yeah, like most teenagers, cool Yeah, uh, his father and grandfather started to despair somewhat So they decided <laughs> to settle the kid down How do you settle an unruly teen down? Army <laughs> No, no well, um, that could have worked, that was a sensible suggestion Although for a split second I thought you meant get the army to invade him um, but no, that you mean could work. join? I the- <laughs> just threatened yeah. him with the entire yeah. army. Settle down, or else. Yeah. Um, no, no, they don't force him to join the army. They arrange for him to get married. Oh, oh, that won't work. He was forced to wed Adelaide, the daughter of Duke Henry of
1: Brunswick-Goldenhagen. I heard an Australian place name. I heard an American place name.
0: I heard a German. Yeah. Thing.
1: Well, all uh, going on. Duke
0: Henry with Gubenhagen was uh, a powerful man in the Holy Roman Empire. Purple theme. man, uh, a powerful man. Uh, but oh, powerful. Maybe, did I say purple? Maybe he was purple as I, well. I heard purple. Let's let's say he was purple. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, Andronicus was about twenty at this time, and from what accounts we have, he was not impressed about being tied down um, no. metaphorically in the marriage. We don't get <laughs> details of <laughs> what the no. wedding night was like. Um, <laughs> But obviously it was successful in some way because the two do have a child. Yeah. Yes, but the child died shortly after being born. Oh, gambled away probably. Probably gambled away. After this, Andronicus seemed to lose all interest in his wife, preferring to spend time with his mistresses and plotting to take over a principality of the empire to rule all on his own.
1: So he's trying to coo his own empire? Yeah,
0: yeah. He just wants a section of the empire to rule over... On his own and just have fun. That's what he wants. He's an idiot. (laughs) Well, he wasn't subtle about it. He was wandering around (laughs) the palace saying things like, I should just rule, I don't know, Thessalonica or something. Uh, His father and grandfather soon found out what he was doing and again were disappointed. They weren't angry, Jamie. They were disappointed oh it's even worse yeah by this time andronicus was 23 had a wife he didn't talk to he had many mistresses a gambling problem and a loyal band of followers mainly the youth of the royal court who preferred this free fun loving spirit to the stuffy old man in charge or the co-emperor michael who was currently ruling from thessalonica an attempt to cool the city down if you remember from his episode yeah now i, I might be wrong here but
1: Usually, when we did episodes about people that are just party mad and animals and a bit not, you know, not very responsible, they don't m- always make the best emperors for multiple reasons. Well, we'll see,
0: shall we? I mean, he's not emperor yeah. yet, so. No, it's true. He's, he could he could sort he's sort got time out. to sort himself out. Let's see if this next anecdote is the one where you uh, go, yes, he is emperor material. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, a couple of things happen at this time in his early 20s That completely changed the royal family And the future of the entire empire Nay, the world Arguably Because first of all, an illness killed off Anna That's Andronicus's younger sister
1: oh.
0: Andronicus' father, Michael IX, Also was gravely ill at the same time So, not looking good no. Andronicus, however, didn't care. He was too busy partying in Constantinople, as the, most of the rest of his family were off from Thessalonica. So he, he, he wasn't too bothered, yeah. but he did care about some news that he received because recently he had fallen for a noble lady in the court. Ooh. This lady was apparently well known for, shall we say, being free with her affections. Oh, yeah, and Andronicus III was outraged one day when he was told that another man was having an affair with his mistress, who oh. he was having an affair with. Oh, the absolute irony. Oh, I know, I know. You could uh. understand that he definitely has a leg to stand on in this argument. Yes, yes definitely. Yes, definitely. So he did what any sane man would do. What would you do at this point, Jamie? I know you... I, mean, I know all about the affair you've been having throughout yeah, your yeah. whole marriage. Uh, what would you yeah, do if you found out that woman was also having an affair? I would either kill her or <laughs> yeah. kill the lover. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's the second one that he decides Gonna to do. Going to kill the lover. Okay. It's it's only sensible, isn't it? Yeah, makes sense. There's As no Christmas, get pulled apart by reindeer. <laughs> nice. Well, um, there were no reindeer available, so instead he just hired some, some thugs. You yeah. hired them to wait outside the noble lady's house and wait in in watchfulness. <laughs> what What is the saying there? Watch and wait. Yeah, watch and wait. That's what they're doing. They're outside the house. They're in a bush. They're in a bush, peering out the bush. Or they're on a bench reading a newspaper with the eye holes cut out.
1: What <laughs> One's sorting out the power lines.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Above. One's sorting out the potholes on the road. They keep putting their hand to their ear. yeah. Whispering to each other. Can't hear each other, but that's what they're doing. Uh, They had clear (laughs) orders. Wait until this other man turns up and kill him. All of him. So... They they wait and they they wait they wait a bit more gets a bit embarrassing because there's only so long you can be reading the same newspaper yeah because you turn the page our holes disappear (laughs) that's a very good point (laughs) got very bored reading that same article (laughs) they waited long enough that the the guy dressed up as the milkman had to change clothes because that just started to become conspicuous at nine (laughs) in the evening Uh, but eventually a man turned up at the house. The hired goons did what they had been hired to do. They went and gooned. They jumped out and they ran the man through with sharp, pointy things. And then they removed the hood to find out who they would report back to Andronicus. was oh, the no. victim? Oh, <laughs> oh no, no, Jamie. What, what do you think's going to happen? It's the woman, isn't it? No, it's not. Oh, it's not? <gasps> no. Is it his dad? Is it the emperor? No, his his dad is ill in another city at the moment. Is the, his brother? It is, is. It him
1: himself. <laughs>
0: no, it would be brilliant <laughs> if it was Andronicus, who'd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forgotten about the goons and decided to pay his mistress a visit <laughs> that night. No, no, you got it right after several attempts. Uh, it was <laughs> it was Prince Manuel
1: Ooh. who was
0: just lying there in a pool of blood and pencil-thin moustache. Smoking one last cigarette before he dies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it must have been one of those, oh, sh**, <laughs> kind of moments. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, It was Andronica's brother. It was the prince. They tried to cover it up, understandably. They Just failed. cover the body in a blanket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> know, no, no, no. <laughs> Soon, word was all over the capital. The prince had been murdered by none other than the heir himself. And all over a woman. As you can imagine, the scandal and gossip ran rampant through the empire, where it reached Andronicus's father in Thessalonica. He was ill, and the news finished him off, apparently. And that's oh. how we finished the last episode. Well, I'm not too ill to give him a damn good hiding. <laughs> He was too ill, yes Yeah So, not great No, no That is Anna and Manuel His brother and sister dead And his father dead Yeah Oops Bugger Andronicus III suddenly found himself Bumped up in the royal pecking order, however Every cloud Yay There's a lovely silver lining Yes, (laughs) he's now As soon as the old man's dead He's emperor Fantastic. However, the old man emperor, Andronicus II, was not happy, as you can imagine. <laughs> he announced that his grandson was his grandson no more. He was disinherited. Ooh. Yeah. Is that means he's out
1: of line of succession?
0: kind of yeah. Thing. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Ooh. Cut out. That's it. You will never be emperor. Be gone. Instead, the new heir was going to be Andronicus's uncle Constantine, who was the uh, current despot of Epirus. Yeah. So, that's who it was going to be. Andronicus III was furious. He was emperor by divine right, damn it. How dare the old man disinherit him. After all, who liked this old man, he thought. And he had a point. Andronicus II, by this point, if you remember, his popularity had really started to go downhill. There was a lot of grumblings yeah. going on in the Empire. And young Andronicus's supporters assured him, you know what, no one does like your grandfather. In fact, why wait until your grandfather's died? Why not just take the throne? After all... It's yours by right, so take it. Did it still work like that back then? Wasn't there, like, a legal thing? So, actually,
1: even if you've killed him, you're still not... Constantine's the one in line. Oh, you
0: could just kill him as well, though, couldn't you? That's
1: true. Yeah. they kill the whole set. they kill everyone in Constantinople. Yeah, exactly. Kill everyone in
0: the world!
1: And then and you, you are, are the Emperor.
0: winner. Yes. yes. Emperor of the world. I so mean, what, what is life, if not an extended version of The Hunger Games? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Surely this is what we're all trying to do, isn't it? Just be the yeah. last one <laughs> Or the yeah. purge Yeah, exactly Anyway, by this time Andronicus had two main supporters uh, First of all was a friend named Sergianes. Uh, we'll cover him a little bit uh, he was a second cousin of the emperor and a good friend of Andronicus. Sergianes was ambitious. He'd made a name for himself when he had dabbled in a spot of rebellion in Macedonia. So he, he got a taste for the whole revolt kind of cooing thing. So yeah, he was one supporter. Oh. But by far the more important of the supporters was his very good friend, John Kantakuzenos, Or John Cantacizine, depending on whether you've anglified that or not. Ooh. I'm just going to call him John Kant. Yeah, yes. Good old John Kant. From the Kant family, full of Kants. (laughs) Yes. He was 25 years old. He was from a rich and well-established family, the aforementioned Kants. And he had grown up with Andronicus III and fast became the usurper's right-hand man. We have the writings of John. We have them still. So we get a lot from this period from him, as you can imagine. Therefore, there is a bit of bias going on. But... Just so you know, he is one of our major sources. So, to begin with, John Kant and Sergiani's went and bought themselves commands in Thrace because that would give them some control in the army. And yes, yeah. that's how bad things had got recently. Anyone could just go and buy a command. You wanted to be awesome. in charge of some of the for forces? Just go, and, just go and give someone some cash. I think today I'll be a general. That'd be great. Yeah, exactly. Field Marshal Kant. Yes, John Kant and Sergianis then went round the provinces testing the ground. How were people feeling? As they suspected, people were not happy with the old emperor. They weren't just blowing smoke up uh, Andronicus's bomb. Um, How much
1: of a size sample thing they had? Did
0: they just ask three people who they knew would give the right answer, or was it quite an obvious? Good point. Maybe they just got five minutes out of the capital and just saw a peasant in the field and went, "You, are you happy?" No (laughs) I've got no money Yes we hate the emperor too Well done (laughs) Yeah maybe That's a very good point (laughs) Didn't go into the methodology Of the survey taken Uh, I apologise for that Uh, But yes Let's say it was just Ask a peasant Uh, And it turned out that Jeff wasn't pleased at that time. So no. Yeah, there you go. But there's a good reason why this peasant wasn't happy. As we've seen, the empire was shrinking. The military was not good enough to stop the raids and invasions that had been going on. Taxes were sky high in an attempt to stop the military from falling apart entirely, which was happening anyway. Mm. Andronicus III and his friends started to foment the idea that the deposed heir would be a better ruler. After all, he'd already said he would lower the taxes if he was in charge. They said that quite loudly all over the place. But no one thought to say, but then how does
1: people get money? How is he able to do that? And the current emperor can't. What's his plan?
0: What's his forward thinking? No, no no one thinks that far, Jamie. Lower taxes. That's all you need to hear. They had it written on the sides of their horses as they rode. (laughs) They had one horse that just had lower on it and one horse that had taxes on it. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. You had to make sure you... facing the right way. Although they both work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, everyone was starting to go, hmm, lower taxes, sounds good. Uh, they weren't being too subtle, though, because Andronicus III was suddenly arrested one night. It was after Ooh. the parade, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, probably. He was taken to the Patriarch, the human voice of God on Earth.
1: Hmm.
0: At least one of them. What are you up to, he was asked. Well, Andronicus III had a cunning answer. Nothing. (laughs) Massive stage wink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the Empress heard you're up to something, young man. No, I'm not. Another massive wink. Yeah. This This time with two fingers pointing. (laughs) Well, apparently this was enough. Um, He managed (laughs) to convince the Patriarch that, no, it's fine. I'm not planning a coup, honest. Um, I mean... People were still suspicious of him. It was probably the vote for Andronicus 3 badges that he kept handing out. The word vote crossed out because no one has a vote. No, that's uh, true. <laughs> put up with Andronicus 3, except, that's it, except Andronicus 3. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, he was put under watch, not under lock and key. Let's just keep an eye on the young guy. One evening, however, he took out a hunting party outside the city walls and was able to use this as a distraction and slip away from the group, meeting up with some men who took him to his friends John and Sergiani's. And by this point, the two friends had Made Adrianople their headquarters to the rebellion. So that's where they went. Word made it to the old emperor that his grandson had escaped and he was furious. He announced that Andronicus III was now an outlaw, oh. which instantly made him five times cooler than yeah. he was before. People who were wavering were now, ooh, sexy yeah. outlaw. Nice. He's got a yeah. cool hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instantly just had a cowboy hat on. That's great. Yeah. Spurs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he would have had spurs anyway, right? But cool spurs. Boots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyone supporting him was to be excommunicated. Out of the church, you're going to hell. No. Uh, okay. uh, but it wasn't enough. There were many who wanted the change. They saw this young man as the future of the empire. Yes, he gambled and womanized. And yes, he killed his brother. And yes, he has, in fact, the shown reason, none of the, the qualities that anyone would look for in an emperor. But uh, none of us are perfect. And did no, you it's... did you see what he said about the taxes? Yeah. Lower taxes Well it's the same reason people voted for Trump and Johnson but yes, They're different, they're against the ordinary It has not changed it's fun. It's, no. It has not changed has it Anyway Andronicus III started loudly proclaiming That he would indeed cut taxes if he was in Ch- In fact you know what I'm going to do it right now After all I'm the rightful emperor Where we are in Adrianople Your taxes are cut Well done Yay! everyone Ooh. Excellent. Not only this, he tracked down the taxmen in the area and took the money from them and used it to fill the rebellion's treasury. Yeah. So he's actively stealing from the empire now. Excellent. Well, it's technically his empire. Well, exactly. Yeah. He would argue. Exactly. All he needs to do is win, and then he's done the right thing. So he realized that he needed help to win, however, so he contacted his brother in law. If you remember the last episode, his brother in law is the king of Bulgaria, Svetoslav. Spetislav. Do you fancy helping out, he sent in a letter. Duh. <laughs> Replied Svetoslav, and delivered 300 cavalrymen. Yay! Okay. Hey, no horses, just the cavalrymen. <laughs> yeah. Self-assembly required. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, many around Andronicus wanted to charge onto the capital and take the throne by force. Let's go and do it. But John Kant cancelled caution as the... Famous saying goes. And Andronicus III listened to him. It's uh, a good point. If we charge on Constantinople, we might all be wiped out and killed. <sighs> Maybe we shouldn't do that. Okay, instead, let's send a messenger to the old man. We're willing to negotiate. Andronicus II receives this messenger and agrees. Yes, we can talk. And meeting a meeting takes place. It is agreed. Andronicus III would be co-emperor, and he would rule from Thrace. Cool. Yeah, there you go. You're back being not just heir you're now co-emperor that's um, cool yeah because he
1: got, he got what he wanted as well as has got his own little area he can look after it and have this a party town like the Las vegas of, of yeah, our own empire. yeah exactly
0: this is everything that andronicus 3 wanted it all goes his way and things settle for a bit but then if we can believe one source andronicus 3 messes up because, how can he possibly mess up well he accidentally fell over and slept with sergiani's wife Oh, he fell into it, didn't he? Yeah. Then out of there, then back in again. Sergiani's furious, he was. He rides to Constantinople and offers his support to the old emperor. Things seem to be heading to open war between the two co-emperors once more. Things are just hotting up. But as covered last time, this fizzled out as both sides realise that they're not strong enough to win. Neither of them were. This would just cause chaos in the empire. And the Bulgars and the Turks at either side of us just peering in at the moment. So peering through the windows of the empire, rubbing the glass panes and going to get a better better look. Yeah. Is that, are they are they fighting in there? Should we should we do something? Check check the door, see if it's unlocked. They might have left it unlocked. Yeah. So they decide. Okay, let's negotiate some more and let's actually think things out. John Kant is at the forefront here. He starts organising these meetings, or at least according to him, he did. Co-emperors over different parts of the empire. This isn't sensible. This is causing friction. Splitting the empire in two. We need to go back to how it was before, where you've just got the emperor and then the co-emperor in the capital. Yeah. Or at least officially based there. So, here's what we propose this time. Andronicus II would be the main emperor still. Andronicus III, the junior emperor. No longer splitting the land up, and to sweeten the deal for Andronicus III here, he would be given a lot of cash. Sounds good to me. Yes, and Sergianes would be thrown in jail. Yeah, even better How dare his wife get in the way of me falling over Yes Yes, exactly <laughs> um, And I don't have time to go into Sergiani's uh, life story um, in this episode Which is a bit of a shame um, But just know he ends up in jail, out of jail Trying to overthrow the Empire a couple of times And failing miserably and ending up dead So he has yeah. a fun life Uh, But it's the last time we really hear of him in this episode Anyway, Andronicus III arrives in the capital to cheers And he symbolically kisses his grandfather's foot (laughs) And then they have a party for two weeks And then he heads off again The next we know, the Bulgarians are raiding Svetislav has no real love for his in-laws And was always looking for a way to make the most out of the weak empire However, he then went and died Which was a major inconvenience to his plans Yet. Yes, his son took over, but it didn't last long because a man named Michael Shishman, <laughs> probably pronouncing that incorrectly, uh, staged That's a coup said. and became the tsar. Seeking legitimacy, he wanted to marry the widow of the old tsar, and this obviously is none other than Andronicus' sister Theodora. So hmm. there we go, new new tsar in Bulgaria, but still the brother-in-law of Andronicus.
1: So why 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 is he called Shishman? Let's ask him. So, why are you called Sheesh
0: Man? Well, dude, let me tell you. Want some Sheesh Man? Yeah, that's exactly. I'm. Um, this, <coughs> this is roughly the time of the assassins. So he probably. Shush. Yeah. Yeah, he probably got it from then. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, a busy time this time. Not only was uh, Andronicus's sister getting married to a new Tsar, uh, his wife dies at this point. Oh, the one who we lived and cared for. Um, No, you must be misremembering. This is the one he he Um, didn't give two things about. Squeaks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, (laughs) I imagine he shrugs slightly. Anyway, uh, (laughs) like I say, busy time because he was crowned co-emperor in the Hagia Sophia at this point, 1325. He's been called the co-emperor for a while, but the official... Crowning has taken place. And then he marries for a second time, this time to a woman called Anna of Savoy. So oh, that sounds nice. mysterious. Couldn't find out too much about this wedding, but considering the last marriage, uh, apparently he didn't like her, and this one's not mentioned. I uh, can only imagine this one's slightly better. Yeah. Is there a sausage called a Savoy? Oh, it's a Savoy. Never mind. Well maybe it's a typo, maybe it's Anna of Savoy. Anna Who of knows? <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah. Anyway, it's around this time that the Ottomans remember the Ottomans are around now. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Um, so the uh, Ottoman Turks, still a very small force at this point, uh, they attack Brusa. This is a key city in Anatolia and one of the last Roman strongholds in the area, and it looks like it's about to fall. Andronicus III wants to take arms to the city and defend it, but his grandfather refuses. No waste of men. <laughs> And you have no military experience. Yeah. Uh, John Kant, your friend, he has military experience. He can go instead. He has some success, but it's not enough. Uh, Brusev falls and soon would become the capital of the Ottoman Empire until they could find a better one from somewhere. Not sure where that could be. No no anyway uh the things between the two emperors become more and more tense over time the empire was not big enough for the two of them andronicus ii had recently made some overtures to the slavs currently to the west of the empire now the bulgars and the slavs were in the middle of fighting so the Bulgar are Sheeshman approached his new brother-in-law andronicus three hey want to <laughs> be on our side uh yeah go on then says andronicus so what you've got here is uh Two external forces fighting and the empire being dragged in half, supporting different sides. It's not a good good look for the Romans. No. No. Yes, again, tensions mount. Civil war looks like it's looming. Andronicus III received word from his grandfather, who was no longer welcome in the capital. Don't come back. Then again! He heard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he heard rumour that the patriarch had been removed for refusing to excommunicate him. And also, Jamie, there were omens. Of upcoming <gasps> civil unrest. Omen time! It's omen time. I've only got two, but. That two's better than none. Two is better than none. Okay, omen number one. I put it to you that on the 1st of September at night, the shape of the moon changed in the sky. If you're waiting for more, there's no more. <laughs> Was there a cloud? No, it wasn't a cloud. Just and a it cloud wasn't just. Her. No, no, it's a. a, a a lunar
1: eclipse. Oh, okay. For those that want want to know, lunar eclipse is when the Earth goes into the shadow the the moon. Sorry, goes into the shadow of the Earth.
0: Yes, yeah. If only you were there to point that out. <laughs> yes. Say, so, what's the Earth? It's the big because, thing we're standing on. Because at that point, everyone was just pointing into the sky, screaming, "Omen!" Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to rate that omen out of ten? Uh, two.
1: Yeah, only okay. two
0: because it's quite
1: quite funny. Okay. But it's just a thing—a thing that they would have seen before and would be quite familiar to them. This isn't yes. a new thing that's never happened before. No, it's I mean, a couple
0: this... of times a year. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely not an unknown phenomenon. I mean, it's like ah, oh, it's
1: raining. They're raining. Yeah. Not only
0: have we had like the astronomers of ancient Greece, and mm. a- already happened uh, over a thousand years ago. Uh, very recently, we've had the golden age of Islam, where they made huge strides in astronomy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> at the moment it's the, the Islamic
1: Caliphate They are the, the, the head science people They are yeah, inventing yeah, just,
0: science at this point Just pan over on the 1st of September that night Everyone was looking in the sky obviously just going Oh interesting With telescopes and measuring tools And sending, yeah. trying to send rockets up yeah, Then you just... pan back to the Romans ah! <laughs> <laughs> Back to Baghdad One person's turning to the other well done, Go, within 30 seconds, you predicted that in the end.: Yes, and I see we've now calculated the mass of the moon. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we should get some more data results in the next hour. <laughs> Back to the Romans. It's just on fire. Everything yeah. is on fire. <laughs> Go with <me> the hair <laughs> Yeah. OK, so <laughs> sorry about my dog bark. <laughs>
1: I don't know why it's the Romans' fault. So that's
0: uh, Omen One. Omen Two. I, I have a feeling you might score Omen Two slightly higher or slightly. In fact, I've just got no idea. Okay, I put it to you. I don't have the date for this one, but let's just say it was on the 2nd of September. <laughs> in the middle of the day, a pig ran amok in the Hajar Sophia. Was this, a, is this at the same time the uh, pig fancying contest was going on in the main street? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> now, we have had some omens before on we this, have. this show. We have had some bad omens that were just obviously students. <laughs> but a pig just running around the Hajj of Sophia really doesn't seem like an omen to me, unless this pig was doing some extreme stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was it being chased by a frantic-looking farmer? That's where you got to ask yourself. Probably, yes. I'll, I'll accept it as an omen if the pig had glowing red eyes, had spouted <laughs> wings, and was currently swooping under the domes. I'd accept that as an omen. Yeah, or, or
1: carving things into the brickwork. Yeah. the end is nigh kind of thing <laughs> changes yeah. a foot or changes a
0: hoof <laughs> it's fine i can only assume that the uh security goats repelled down from the roof and were able to secure the pig in the end <laughs> so. I guess.
1: they got the bracing
0: goats security goats
1: yeah yeah yes <laughs> religious goats help people to their seats stewards <laughs> yes. toilet goats this way, ma'am. So, anyway, uh, do you want to rate that? Uh, that's not... Well, I mean, they're not humans, are they? But I'd, of interest, uh,
0: zero. Okay. It's just a pig that went a bit... It's just a pig. It's literally a pig. It's not a two-headed it's a pig. pig. It's just a pig in a room. <laughs> <laughs> that is what that meant. Didn't, didn't even have the decency <laughs> to have two heads, damn it.
1: I only had four legs, not Eight. I mean, we had a cow on a roof once. That's just
0: That's just dedication that, from the students, yeah. though, isn't it? <laughs> You've really got to admit that the, the the effort of the Omen students has declined over the years. It really has. Don't really get has. students like you used to, unless the solar eclipse was students as well, <laughs> in which case... Some sort of big mirror. Yeah in, which, yeah, in which case they probably put all their effort into creating the eclipse uh, and didn't have time for the big one. Um, anyway, uh, what, what were these Omens... Uh, Showing. Oh yes, civil war was coming. That's what they What? <laughs> Someone pointed at the pig and went, Clearly this is civil war. No uh... no <laughs> no 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 it's just a pig. It's
1: civil war, look. Look the pig is now gone. The farmers chase it back into the look, there's a pig show contest going in the main street, it's fine. But it's a pig.
0: Well, Andronicus III uh is obviously heeding the signs because he moves his headquarters closer to the capital. He's now in Region. And a sort of cold siege sets up. No troops were moving, but they were going to potentially siege the capital, maybe. They were preparing. They were preparing, but no one's actually doing anything yet. They were shining up their armor, just sharpening their swords. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Public opinion's shifting, though. The old emperor started to sense the support. The little support he had falling away. And Antronicus III became more convinced that he could definitely take the throne. So he announced yet another tax break in the region. He was in, just to make sure. Uh, and um, just let it coast on like this. And let the public opinion fall away from his grandfather. This stalemate lasts several months. And eventually he decides to test the old man's resolve. He took a small detachment of troops, uh, just over a thousand, and he heads to the capital. They received a message from the old man. Turn back or else. Andronicus III turned back. Yeah, okay, the old man's not that weak just yet. Okay, instead, Andronicus took advice from John Kant. Why don't we go to the second city, Thessalonica? Thessalonica, in Macedonia, is not happy that the old emperor was talking to the nearby Slavs, and maybe this young man would be better. And also, have you heard about those tax cuts that uh, the young Andronicus (laughs) keeps talking about? Um, These are sounding very interesting. Now, some remained loyal in the citadel uh, to old Andronicus, but they didn't last long. Andronicus III took the city without too much fuss. And things were looking good for him and John Kent. But taking Thessalonica had unintended consequences. Because the Tsar of the Bulgars, Shishman. Did not like the idea of either Roman Emperor getting the upper hand His plan was to keep them both weak No, dude, you need to be more chill (laughs) Well, he reneged on his alliance with the younger Emperor And threw his lot in with the old men Andronicus III received this news And he had some Bulgarian troops with him Remember he had those three hundred cavalrymen? Oh, yeah Yeah. So he immediately sent them packing with a stern message for their ruler Oaths were sworn, dammit, how dare you break them I suggest you change your mind once more Uh, But it wasn't all bad news, because by chance the ongoing trade war between the Venetians and the Genoese had heated up in the capital and all the shipping lanes were closed at the moment. Mm. The city had essentially gone into lockdown. No food was going in or out, trade dried up. Andronicus II's popularity as I said, already dropping, just is wiped out entirely. No one wants him around anymore. Andronicus III and John Kant, and a third friend, who I will now introduce, is Theodore Senedinos. Don't talk about him too much in this episode, but he's going to become more important than the next one. Just know he's around. Anyway, they decide this is their chance. They approach the capital with a mere 800 men, but they were met by a couple of disgruntled guard commanders. Yeah. And for a price, the commanders gave their men the night off and plenty to drink. Ladders were then lowered over the walls in the dead of night. Some men went over and opened the gates. Which is one of those stories you hear of and go, oh yes, I've heard of this before, history. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes." And then you start thinking, why didn't the guard commanders just open the gates themselves? Then they're not culpable. If it
1: fails, they go, well, I didn't open the gates. But they lowered the ladders. That was accidental.
0: <laughs> that was the omen pig. <laughs> it was It, it wasn't me. <laughs> I was carrying a ladder to catch the pig that was <laughs> on the walls. That's clearly yes. a bad omen and it fell, fell off. Yes. Yeah. It's like if you're, if you're willing to lower a ladder, just go and open the, the bloody gate. I don't know. Just seemed a bit weird to me. Anyway, apparently well, that's maybe, how maybe it Keith, happened.
1: Maybe Keith didn't have the keys.
0: Oh, Oh, maybe Keith had the
1: keys, but Keith wasn't there. Maybe Keith's on holiday.
0: Yeah, or he was staying loyal for a change. No, no, he he was was on holiday. Yeah, he was on on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And this all makes sense. This is why trade had dried up. It wasn't the fight between the Venetians and the Genoese. It's just no one could open the bloody gates of the city. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Okay. all makes sense. Yes. Anyway, the scene we covered in Andronicus 2's episodes plays out. The old man was assured by his friend and advisor that all oh, this is a rumour. Everything's fine, sir. Ignore the screams and the panic. And, oh, dear, they're here. They've got sharp, pointy things. The <laughs> old whee, emperor. Whee, whee. That's the pig. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad pig impression. I think the pig is just leaning casually against the doorframe. Just just sort of flicking a coin in the air. Just yeah. nods to himself and then wanders off. His, his work here is done. Yeah. Omen. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, the old emperor was caught and dragged before his grandson, obviously expecting the worst, Uh, but he was merely put away. He wasn't even monked. He was just told not to appear in public anymore and admit he wasn't in charge. Hmm. Yeah, three years later, he did become a monk, but you get the feeling this was his own choice because he was close to death and he wanted to make peace. With the Lord So yeah That's Andronicus two Out of the way And now we go into Unknown territory Stuff we've not covered before So Andronicus III Retrieves the Patriarch Who would refuse To excommunicate him From his jail cell And restores him To the Patriarchy Hooray Hey uh, He was then hailed Emperor aged 31 His advisor His close Trusted friend And trusted advisor John Kant At his side It's always good to our trusted friend it's, Yeah it is one that can advise you as well. Yes. Yeah. One who has a, uh, a twirly moustache. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's good. I'll spot him in a crowd. Anyway, stability settles on the empire for a couple of years, which is nice. Like I say, the old emperor was getting on in years and he was 74 when he died, leaving no doubt at all who's in charge anymore. Uh, the Bulgars tested the defences of the empire a couple of times, but found that a united Roman empire was much stronger than it had been in several years. Andronicus' wife... Anna of Sausage gave birth to a boy and they called him John 5. Mm. I want to put a box around him. Calling him John uh, perhaps it's just a happy coincidence that a family name from the Paleologos family was also the name of his best friend, John Kent. Perhaps he named his son after his close, trusted advisor. Who knows? In fact, so vital to the running of the empire, apparently Andronicus III at this time said to his friend, John, why don't you become co-emperor with me? However... John can't refuse the honour. No, I couldn't possibly. He feared it would anger the public, Arrest would stir up, or maybe he just preferred to wield power from a more shadowy position. We don't know. Um, He was perhaps right to think that trouble would be caused by accepting because Andronicus's wife, Anna of Sausage, was no fan of her husband's loyal and trustworthy advisor. Oh, I, I thought you were implying a few minutes ago that the baby wasn't, you know, Andronicus's. Oh, no, no, definitely not. We don't, again, we don't really cover in this episode much of the animosity between Anna of Sausage and John Kent. <laughs> so I just had one of those moments where if anyone's tuning in at precisely this point and never heard of our podcast before, they would just turn us off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they so would. <laughs> between Anna of Savoy and John Kent of Casino's. I should always say... A sausage! <laughs> Um, Yeah, they they just, they don't like each other, but that's not going to come up much in this episode. But believe me, it comes up in future episodes. These two do not like each other at all. Anyway, Andronicus III spends most of his time at this point enjoying being emperor. Mainly that meant hunting. He created a huge hunting force that, if records can be believed, comprised of 1,000 huntsmen, 1,000 falcons and a thousand hounds. Were they trained? (laughs) You'd hope. But (laughs) that... (laughs) Those numbers don't seem right. I don't know much about hunting, especially hunting from like 800 years ago. But um, if you've got a... Well, you need a... You need a lot of dog. Depends how big your hunting party is, I guess. Well, if you've got a thousand huntsmen and you've got a thousand falcons, do the huntsmen look after the falcons or do the falcons come with another person? Because if they don't, your huntsman's got a falcon on one arm and a dog on a leash. You're not hunting much with the, Well, with the, the falcon could be on the dog. The dog could have trained the falcon. That's a good point. Dog, falcon on its head, huntsman yeah. running behind him with a spear. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. He had a thousand Problem each solved. of them. Anyway, uh, when he wasn't hunting, he was taking part in the latest Western craze: disco. <laughs> no, we're slightly. We're not quite at disco yet. Uh, jousting, <laughs> Jamie. Oh, jousting! Oh, wow! Jousting. Now We've we talked have talked
1: about jousting before, haven't we?
0: Yes, my notes literally say here. We've come Sorry. across jousting before. Yeah, yeah. we have. See, I pay attention. Um, but these were more brawls than what we'd recognise as jousting uh, today. Every time we've talked about jousting, I've had to go, it's not quite what you think of when you think of jousting. But now we definitely are, Jamie. We are full-on Knight's Tale jousting. Oh, brilliant. Queens in the background. It's great. Yeah, I oh, I can't remember. It was a couple of episodes ago, you you worked out when the Knight's Tale was set. And, I, and we weren't quite there, so it not surprise me if we are now exactly when A night's Tale is set. Andronicus III staged a tourney to celebrate the birth of his son. What really uh, shocked most people in the capital was not just that a tourney was taking place, um, but the em- new emperor was actually taking part in the tournament himself. Nice. Yeah, now the more old-fashioned of the court muttered about standard slipping and not acting like an emperor, Andronicus III did not care. He was getting on his horse, he was going to gallop up and down with his big, sharp, pointy stick, and he was going to smash shields, and it was going to be like in that film we just watched, because it would have just come out. Yeah, that's a good point. Black and white, though. (laughs) Yeah, it was a long time ago. Or in Woodcut, really (laughs) (laughs) low-down. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Massive (laughs) flick book tried to get a hairdo just like Heath Ledger. Right, anyway, um, so all this sounds fun, doesn't it? He's hunting, he's jousting, he's had a son, uh, it's it's all very nice, all very medieval. But the peace could not last for long, because remember, the empire right now is essentially northern modern Greece without the left bit, Macedonia and Constantinople. It is the smallest we've ever known it. There were a small number of cities clinging on in Anatolia but they were in trouble and it seemed like the Ottoman Turks were going to take them before long. And soon enough it was before long. Uh, Nicomedia was under attack. Now just to remind you, Nicomedia is the large city just over the Bosphorus from the capital. Close enough that when we have talked about it in the past when it was set aflame um, I told you that in the capital you could see the sky glowing red. Yeah. So it's close. And it's in danger. If that city goes, then that's it. The Roman Empire would lose all meaningful presence in Asia. So Andronicus III and John Kant pulled together all their forces. Which, although stronger now than a few years before, is still only about 4,000 men. That's all they can muster. Before they reached the city, they came across the new sultan of the Ottomans. This is Orhan I. This is the son of Osman I. Ottoman that the Ottomans are named after, Orhan had blocked the road. Andronicus III saw that Orhan had only a few troops, and they were fleeing into the hills. They kept looking over their shoulders, saying things like "Chase me, chase me!"
1: No please chase me! I'm so unarmed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so vulnerable.
0: Andronicus III and John Kant, not being idiots, didn't fall for this trap. Uh, instead, they stayed where they were. Uh, so twice over the next few hours, a large-ish number of Turks came down from the hills to skirmish and then ran <laughs> off on, again. Come on, chase us! Come on! Come on! Holding tempting things up. Yeah. And look, we've got barbecues over here. Woo. <laughs> Bring out like the, the prettiest looking soldier in a little dress. Come on! Yeah. Yeah. What else do you want? Um, I've got a, a cookery set. Do you want a cookery set? Ooh, a fluffy br- toy. Brand new cart. No yeah. donkey boat. <laughs> we don't know how the technology works, but it looks pretty. Um, yeah, n- none of this works. They cannot tempt the Romans. Um, in the end, John suggests to the emperor, "Tell you what, let's retreat a bit, make a camp, and then we'll try and find a better battleground." tomorrow they're not going to come down from the hill properly so the order was given the romans start to withdraw and this is when orhan sprang into action they charged into the back of the roman forces the romans managed to see the turks off once more but in the action andronicus and john were both injured andronicus was injured on his knee it was severe enough that he could not walk this wasn't just a ooh. someone bashed into him and he had a slight limp. This was a, a nasty injury, stubbed his knee. Yeah, <laughs> always, always terrible when that happens. Uh, the Romans retreated. They made camp, but soon enough, the soldiers' worst enemy invaded the camp. Plague, rumor. Oh 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 yeah yeah. It started to spread. The emperor was mortally injured and would be dead by morning. They start to flee. John can't hurt about this. Uh, He wasn't as injured as the Emperor, so he went around the camp trying to restore order. Realising that they'd not be able to fight the next day, he orders a hurried retreat back to the coast. Meanwhile, Andronicus was put on a stretcher and hurried back to the capital. The next day, the Ottomans caught up with John, and battle took place. John survived, just about, but two of his relatives died on that day, and he managed to flee with some of the troops. The Romans had, to all intents and purposes, lost Anatolia. This was a huge defeat. Um, now, it's not a single decisive moment that the Romans lose Anatolia, but if you're going to put a pin in a, in a map, then this is a good time to do it. They've still got little bits, but it's it's gone. Two years later, Andronicus decides to try and settle this diplomatically. Nicomedia was technically still holding on, but it was just besieged. It couldn't operate like a normal city. It was cut off from the empire. Uh, So Andronicus III decides to visit the city to provide food and aid, but really what he was doing was meeting with the sultan. How about, said Andronicus, we pay you 12,000 gold coins a year and you stop advancing on our capital? Yep, okay. (laughs) It said (laughs) Orhan, yeah. I mean, the Romans still had a sliver of land in the area, Andronicus III wanted to keep it and he wanted peace (laughs) with the Ottomans. Three metres by eight (laughs) metres. Yeah. So Orhan agrees. Fantastic. So they just pay off the Ottomans to stop. Around this time, Andronicus III, however, becomes very ill. He summoned his wife and his advisors and let everyone know that his trusted advisor and best friend, John Kant, was to rule as regent until little John could take over. And at this point, John Kant started twirling his moustache. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. John Kant then swore an oath of loyalty He would obviously not try and usurp the throne He would act as regent And then Andronicus III asked to be monked But that led to an argument Many thought this was premature If Andronicus III was monked Then John Kant would become emperor immediately or, or In all but name uh, Maybe Andronicus would get better Maybe we should just hold fire a bit now, It's only a knee injury Come on <laughs> Well, according to John himself, uh, he was the man leading the resistance. He was saying to his friend, no, no, hold on. You're not going to die. You pull through this illness. We don't know how true this is, but it all becomes moot when a few days later, Andronicus feels much, much better. (laughs) Oh. And he doesn't die. Turned out it was just a bit of a cold. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of trapped wind is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Just needed burping. Meanwhile, there's all sorts of political wrangling going on in Europe. Things get a bit messy historically. The Western powers, so the papacy, France, Venice, Rhodes and Cyprus, to be precise, all start to talk to each other about maybe getting together to have another one of those crusades that always goes so bloody well. Yes, they've been so successful in the past. Have they? <laughs>
1: yes. Really?
0: Argued argue yeah. the first one wasn't a complete disaster. And it's gone downhill since then. It will get, yeah. but the next one, the next Ooh. one's the one.
1: We know what we're doing. We know we've got a map this time.
0: It's fine. <laughs> yes. We've got so many past crusades that have gone so terribly wrong. <laughs> we can learn from that. Yes, the only way is up. Yeah. Um, so yes, um, why were they going to have this Crusades? Uh, to secure the shipping lades and trade routes in the Mediterranean? Oh, and something to do with the Holy Land and God and all that. But, yeah, shipping yeah. lanes, that's, that's, what's, <laughs> that's what God would want. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the trouble was uh, the, the Turks in Anatolia were becoming more powerful and were able to control uh, the Mediterranean trade routes in all the islands. So basically the Western powers wanted to get shot of them. Wanted a bit of that. Yeah, and it's all so much more convenient if you've got the Pope saying that God wants you to do it. Uh, Andronicus III received letters from the Pope, but they went nowhere. Yes, again, the papacy would only let the Romans join in if they got behind the Western Church. Now, Andronicus III was open to correspondence with the Pope, but he was not going to bend the religious knee. I mean, he's injured it for a start. Hmm. Uh, So it just goes nowhere. The Pope's not budging. So when various Western powers start to throw their weight around the Greek islands, trying to ensure that they control the area, Andronicus was worried that the Romans would be pushed aside. So he came to a conclusion. You know what? These Turks, they are in some ways the enemy, but they're, they're more reliable than the West. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. I went and talked to that Orhan fellow, and actually he was all right. I mean, I don't want to ally myself with the Ottomans, because we're paying the money at the moment, but who else is around, he thinks. So he and John reach out to the leader of one of the Emirates on the left side of Anatolia that had sprung up in recent decades. This was the Emirate of Aden, or Aden. This was being led by a man named Umar. Now Umar was said to be a very intelligent, very clever, and very charismatic man, and he saw that an alliance with the Romans would help secure his Emirate. So they get talking and they do a bit of the old shaking hands and yeah, we'll scratch your back if you scratch ours kind of thing.
1: Yes, here's your back scratcher.
0: Yes, custom made. And then they did the ceremonial Diamonds. back scratching. Yes, It was it was, it was touching. Put a tear to the eye of whoever was watching. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 1335, the Genoese attempted to take Lesbos. Yeah. And uh Andronicus III met with Uma to see if they could work together to chuck the Genoese off the island. Now, the meeting was recorded by John Kant, who described Uma obviously as a barbarian, obviously, uh, but praised him for being one with Hellenic culture, which is about as high praise as you are going to get from a Roman at that time. You sound a bit Greek. (laughs) Yes. To secure the alliance, John offered one of his daughters to the emir. Umar politely refused. It's, this is ingenious, this is. He said that it would be incestuous because he and John Kant were now brothers.
1: Oh, it's nothing to do with the fact that your sister has a moustache.
0: <laughs> no. Nothing to do with that. It's no. Just... It's just, I'm just so close to you. Mm. So that it would. Yeah. It's a fantastic get-out clause of so a marriage it you really obviously is. didn't want to happen. It's, yeah. So as you can see, this Umar fellow... He's a clever guy. Uh, anyway, with the support of Uma, Andronicus manages to get control of some of the Greek islands again. Again, this is all very messy, and I could go into detail of which islands were being attacked and when, but that just become a long, boring list. So I'm not going to. Uh, just know that um, they're struggling in the region. But with some support, they're doing okay. Mm. Uh, well enough, in fact, that he then sets his eyes on Epirus. Now, Remember, Epirus is the left of modern Greece and has been out of the empire since the fall of Constantinople over a hundred years previously. It's been ran by its own despot since then, who at one point claimed to be the successors of the Roman Empire, but it just fell apart. Well, Andronicus figured that it's time to finally get Epirus back. And there were several reasons for this. To begin with, the region had been split Politically, for some time now, between those who saw reintegration with the empire as inevitable, so therefore we should welcome it to get the best bargain possible. And then there were people who resisted. They preferred a closer connection to the west, namely regions in Italy. Uh, And then the despot of Epirus died, likely poisoned by his pro-Roman wife. This was another woman called Anna, but not Anna of Sausage. She became regent, and her son Nikephoros became, in theory, in charge of the region. So, you've got a pro-Roman regent and a child despot on the throne. Andronicus is thinking, this is the time to strike to get it back. But rather than just charge in there, he thinks about this quite cleverly. Because at this time, Epirus was being raided by the Albanians. Now, the Albanians were just to the north of Epirus, and they were very much settled in this region by this point, but still a raiding economy. Uh, so they were relying on going into places, raiding and coming back.
1: Could, could they? Are they going to do like Anglo-Saxon style? Kind of like, oh, come and help us,
0: please. Yeah, now we're here. Sort of, without the waiting to be asked to come and help. Oh, um, they're just
1: offering their support.
0: Andronicus and John Kant uh, pulled together an army of 2,000 Romans and Turkish forces that Uma had uh, given them and just head into Albania. The plan was to set the Turkish forces who were better trained at mountainous warfare, against the Albanians and confused them with their, their foreign tactics. And uh, this works perfectly. The Turkish forces took to the mountain fighting in the region like ducks up a mountain, that had been trained in warfare. Yeah. Yeah, the Albanian forces utterly destroyed. The Romans and Turks rout them. Hooray, the region is settled. Huzzah. Andronicus then paid the Turkish forces and sends them home to Umar. Thank you very much. It doesn't look good to have too many Turkish forces, so uh, you, you've done your bit. You could go home now. Cheers. Thank you. Here's your loot. Yeah. So now he'd taken out a, a major thorn of uh, Epirus, his plan was to head south into the region and go, hey, hey, I saved you. Anna, come over here. You're pro-Roman. Let's make a deal. And if that didn't work... He'd just take it by force. Yeah. However, taking it by force was not necessary. The plan works perfectly. The regent agreed with the emperor. Of course, you can have the place as long as you let me and my son live in comfort and with titles and land. Absolutely. Yeah, you can have it. So it was agreed on. And also, Nikephros, the son, would wed one of John Kant's daughters. It's desperate to get rid of this daughter, clearly. So, so be tied in to, to this sort of royal family. Uh, so Anna sets off to meet Andronicus and get all this settled, but the son Nykephros went missing. Oh no, what happened to him? Well, he'd been taken by a faction opposing Andronicus, taking oh. over. He was taken to Italy and remained as the prince across the water, a rallying point to those who wanted an independent epirus. I'm starting to feel slightly sorry for John Kant's daughter at this point, because this is now two marriages that have just not worked. 18 months later, all this comes to a head. Now Kephros comes back with a group of men to try and take control of the region. So they're leading a revolt. Andronicus III was faced with rebellion. He and John arrive in the region with troops, and they split into three forces. They siege the three main cities, leading the revolt all at the same time. Unfortunately, we don't get a huge amount of detail on this. But once the sieges were set up, John Kant took control diplomatically. So very little fighting took place, but John essentially went around, bribed people, intimidated people, pointed out that things would happen to people unless they did the right thing kind of thing. Uh, hmm. Until eventually, the leaders of a revolt just all surrendered due to pressure being put on them. Hey, yeah. that's helpful. And once the revolt was put down, Nikephoros was located... And once more, betrothed to John Cant's daughter. Hooray. Yay. The wedding's on.
1: <laughs> Brilliant,
0: she's saying. So Ebros no. is now back in the empire. Hooray. That is land on a map gained, Jamie. That's yeah. some of the empire lost back in the empire. The Romans now control a majority of the Balkan Peninsula. I mean, the bit in the middle is still a bit wild, but they've got a good chunk of it now. More than they'd had for quite some time. No, well over well, 100 years. Well, well, Markovic is happy. Markovic the Mac Maple. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. All the red got pens bits of came coloring. out. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Yes the bit. Put the rubber away, Markovic You don't need it now. Just get your red pen. Well, the, the, he needs the rubber because he's rubbing out all the Anatolian lands lost. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But this kind of makes up for it, some people yeah. are thinking. Because we don't need those Anatolian lands. No, oh. we, we, we've got Greece now. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. However, then tragedy strikes. On the way back home to the capital, the Emperor, aged forty-five, suddenly became ill and dies very suddenly. Andronicus? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Said everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what he's he's dead? Oh. When well, I expected that. Right. Damn. <laughs> he was ill. That was quick. Uh, who's in charge? Ah, we'll sort it out next week. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Because we now enter what's known as the second Paleologos Civil War, and all the chaos that goes with it, and uh, it, it gets a bit confusing, and I've not still I've still not figured out how I'm going to approach the next few episodes of what order I'm going to do people in. Uh, but just know his oldest son, John V, is only nine years old. His best friend and trusted advisor is primed in the imposition to be yeah. regent, but Andronicus' wife and widow despises John. Oh, she can play a part. Yeah, like I say, those two not liking each other doesn't play a part in this episode, but who it does in the future. So yeah. that's all the uh, the problems coming up. But uh, Andronicus 3 didn't care about that because he was dead. Ah, I mean, that helps. Yeah, totally dead. So there you go, that's the life of Andronicus. Nice. Let's rate him.
1: Fightius. Maximus.
0: Okay, Phytius. Right, for a start, he took part in Jousts. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. You're getting points for getting on a horse and jousting as if you were in a knight's tale. He literally staged a tourney. Not a tournament, Jamie, a tourney. And we all know those are cool. That's true. It's like when you say uh, uh, an obby instead of an obstacle course game, like an obstacle game. Yes, it's just like like that. (laughs) So um, that's good. Uh, On many occasions, he led from the front. He actually led his troops in battles. Unlike somebody else. What was his name? Don't know, but if you're talking about his father, his father led his troops in battle, and what he deserved points, Only several once. times. He's an he, idiot. Lost, he lost he those lost battles, every time. yes, but that wasn't his fault. Anyway, we're arguing. Do you really no. need to get the tally out again, Jamie? <laughs> <laughs> I think 20 is absolutely fine, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, he, he led from the front to the point that he got injured in battle. You deserve a point if you get injured in battle. There's a fair bit of fighting I didn't cover, by the way, because it gets very bitty in Andronicus's reign. And there's lots of political cogs moving around the rest of Europe that just makes it a bit of a nightmare to report on concisely. One thing that I didn't mention that perhaps would get him some points uh, is that he beat back the Bulgarian raids. And these were some quite severe raids near the start of his reign. And he managed to push them all back, uh, going out and fighting himself. Yeah. Uh, also, the Serbians and the Bulgarians had a major war, which Andronicus stayed out of, so that's why I didn't cover it. But, long story short, the Serbian leader uh, after the war was a man named Dushan. Uh, Here come into the story later. And he managed to unite with the Bulgars after the war, which freed the Serbs up to start raiding into Roman territory. Andronicus III personally went and fought against these raids and then negotiated with Dushan afterwards. So it's not just the Bulgars, it's the Serbs as well. He is pushing back raids into his territory successfully and creating treaties afterwards. He also, let's not forget, went and defeated the Albanians. With the uh, help of the Turkish troops All, all of this is, is pretty good I mean there's nothing amazing in there But he's picking up a point here, a point there um, However, big one He could not stop the loss of To all intents and purposes Anatolia The Ottoman Turks pretty much now control All the land up to the capital Making it very vulnerable
1: That's pretty positive
0: For the Turks <laughs> Yes, for the Turks <laughs> <laughs> But this isn't Ottoman Caliph's total no. ranking. No, um, unfortunately not. No, because uh, Orhan would be episode number two. I imagine he'd get a good score. So, yeah, it's a big loss, but he's got lots of little wins. So what are you thinking? i put four down. Four? I think that's fair. I, so I couldn't go... I, I wouldn't feel right going higher than that.
1: No, because it, I think...
0: losing Anatolia is a huge thing, and it's just not well, good. yeah. Uh, but it's not like he lost it. It was being no. lost by his grandfather and his father, and he just wasn't able to turn the tide. So I don't want to be too harsh on yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go with four. And you know Half what, four? Jamie? I feel like this mends a rift. I, to, I think it does. To, it
1: does. Well, to be There's
0: fair, the, a... the rift the isn't between you and
1: I, you and me. It's between me and me and all, all the listeners.
0: <laughs> yes, those damn, damn listeners. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I can understand you making a mistake, but so many other people making mistakes is just, just, just. Dis- awful. It's disheartening, isn't
0: it? It, it is makes it you despair it, for humanity. It does. it does. I, however, have a warm glow <laughs> and hope for the future that that large groups of people can make a sensible decision. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that's eight for this round. Next yeah. round. Approbium Crazium. Okay, very much a tale of two halves for him. Aprobium, crazyum. Yeah. Because, as you said, about halfway through the episode, it's like, "Oh, he's going to be a terrible emperor. But notice how, as soon as he became the emperor, all those stories of him just being a bit uncontrollable, a drunk gambler, um, someone who would accidentally kill his brother, all of those stories disappear, and he actually becomes a quite a sensible emperor who just fights when he needs to and makes treaties when he needs to. Yeah,
1: he made reasonable decisions.
0: So. Yeah. Um, so is this, because we get a lot of his reign, um, written from the perspective of his best friend, possibly <laughs> But uh, we, it's he's not the only source. Uh, there are a couple of other decent sources for this time and they seem to mostly agree with what John Kant is saying. so um, well let's go through it, shall we? He was a gambler, a drunkard, a womanizer in his youth. He maybe accidentally had his own brother murdered, oops, but who hasn't? He didn't do it on Uh, purpose, though, potentially. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, He declared war on his own grandfather after this news that he killed his brother, killed his father. I mean, if... We've all been there. We've all had that happen to
1: us. That's not...
0: If we are defining opprobrium as what is causing the awkward silence at the dinner table at Christmas, <laughs> uh, which I believe is how we should define it. I mean, that's, that's a good way. That is straight straight there. That's, that's going to be awkward. So I uh, probably deserves points for that. Um, I mean, like I say, he's raking up the points at this point. But then once emperor, well, mm. no, he just calms down. There's nothing at all. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's why I gave him a five. Or five, you're going. Uh, His life split in half almost. It's like
1: crazy mad, kill
0: everyone, then. I mean, I'm going to go for six. He declared war on his own grandfather and he murdered his own brother. They are some solid point winners. But he wasn't, he was a very sensible emperor. So I'm not going to go any higher. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's 11 for this.
1: Success, ultimate.
0: In many ways, he was more successful than his father and grandfather. He won military victories, unlike his father. He added land to the empire. Uh, The empire was in a state of corruption at the start of his rule. If you remember, his friends were able to just buy their titles and commands. That wasn't happening at the end of his rule, apparently. Uh, Apparently, uh, he cracked down on that kind of thing. Uh, He attempted to bring rules in to make land ownership more fair. As we've seen many times in this podcast during... Civil unrest, landlords take advantage and screw over their tenants, and land changes hands, etc., etc. Uh, so he brings in laws to try and settle all the disagreements. They don't go hugely well because they're just not, it's impossible to enforce them, but he tried. He yeah. has points for effort there. Uh, he appointed four supreme judges in an attempt to c- tackle corruption in high up official posts. So these four judges, there were two laymen and two priests, and they what they said was final. Um, so people that had no understanding of the law could just decide the law. Laymen, as in not priests.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Which makes more sense, unless it was yeah. just two people who two farmers and two priests. Yeah, I mean, but to even be honest, priests they don't know the law either. They're just no, no, but they've got the word of God. So well, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, that's good, isn't it? You've got a Supreme Court that's actually going to tackle corruption. Uh, just so you know, though, three of these Supreme judges ended up being exiled for taking bribes. So it obviously didn't work too well. However, they got exiled for taking bribes, so you could argue that it was kind of working, oh, yeah. and that stuff was being cracked down on. You get the feeling he was trying, but it was a difficult task. Yes. as there's, I mean, at this time, it will be. There's so much going on. Yeah, the Empire is better than it was when he first started, but not by much, and there's a big problem with losing Anatolia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but I've definitely read in a couple of places something along the lines of the last time the Roman Empire wasn't seen as a complete disaster. Um, Oh. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Spoilers for future episodes. Um, Right, so I'm going five. Middle of the road for this one. I put five as well. Yeah, well, there we go. That's a 10 for this round. Okay, what's it look like? Image
1: of face.
0: It's like Two-Face. Well, either something happened uh, that we're not made privy to, uh, or maybe it is just the fact that this has been painted on a stone with a crack on it, and that crack, unfortunately, goes pretty much halfway through his face. So he's got... Half a face that looks almost like a normal face. He looks a little bit sad. He's got a thin, drooping moustache. And the other half, his face is melting. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. He definitely has a two-faced look going on.
1: <gasps> and he's holding, in his his left hand, he's holding one of those like, football clackers.
0: <laughs> yes, it does look like that. Maybe that's him supporting the jousters. Yes. Just go. doing a big clacky, 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 clacky thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is a contemporary image this is looks like different to the ones we've been using a lot recently because this is a painting obviously uh, on a on a stone but yeah so uh, that is pretty much what it looks like it's more realistic than we've had in a long time that yeah. beard looks like actual hair yeah uh, yeah um and the hair can, you can actually imagine what the hair would be like
1: because you wonder yeah. if like the tassels are just part of the hat or they Part of the yeah, they sort of like
0: weave yeah he's got a big sort of popish looking hat on. That hat's getting bigger and rounder. Um I I, I quite like it. I like the fact he looks like two face and he's only got one and a half eyes. Uh he looks a bit sad and droopy though.
1: Yeah. I quite like it. It's unique. Yeah, it is unique. It's uh yeah, I'm going seven. I'm going to um, match that, that's 3.5, 3.5. Okay, and how long do you think he lasts? Um, what What are you going from? When he's officially
0: declared you are the Emperor? or um, I'm going from him overthrowing his grandfather, because ah, that's okay. when he really becomes Emperor uh, 12 years did you see it when you were looking up the picture? No, they're right. No, I genuinely well, didn't. No, no, you're one year off, but I mean, uh, it was suspiciously close. Uh, it, is, it, it is suspiciously close. It is like I looked. Uh, 1328
1: I, I, to 1341. Oh, yeah, just say so, yeah. Yeah, but I can't do that kind of maths. That goes over a band.
0: <laughs> so um, I, I'm counting that as 13, years. Uh, no. So... Uh, 13 years divided by 8 is 1.63. So that is a final score of 34.13, which isn't a terrible score. It's surprisingly high for an idea. Yeah, I, I think it sums him up. He was capable, but he wasn't great. They need someone great. Everything's falling apart. I need someone better than capable.
1: Do they have a certain genesis?
0: Editing Rob here. Um we, we forgot to do the genesis, César bit. I only just realized editing just now, and I think, let's be honest, that that kind of gives you the answer, doesn't it? So it's uh it's gonna be a no. Anyway, back to the episode. Still, this John Kant fella, he seems like he knows what he's doing. Yes. So uh what what are your predictions? I think,
1: I don't know, I, th- I, th- I think you're trying to set up a bit of a red herring. I think he will go down as the greatest emperor of all time. That's why everyone's heard of John Kant. Oh, you think he's going Kant- to become yeah. emperor? No, I don't think he'll be emperor. But that's why the Canterbury Tales are named after him, because he's the Right, that okay,
0: that does make sense.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Fair enough. Well, you'll find out next time. Next time, where we will be doing someone, and I genuinely don't know who. Nah. <laughs> because I need to figure out what order I'm going to be doing this in. Uh, But until next time, uh, ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Merry winter If you are celebrating Christmas, I hope you had a good time. If not... Enjoy time with your family. Yeah. Or I hope you managed to ignore it, if that's what you want to do. You you do you, whatever you want to do. Um, Yeah. So uh, until next time... Ah! Blood moon! Bye. Goodbye. Omar, Omar, come and come and have a look at this. Yes, what what have you got there? It's uh, it's it's from Constantinople. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy a laugh. It's oh, a, it's a letter. Oh,
1: what does it say?
0: Yes, it's 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 from one of their leading professors.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Professors,
0: yeah, they would know. Professor meant e times the square of the speed of light. (laughs) (laughs) The fools. Yes, no, they've got a way to come To beat us in, here in Baghdad What, do you mean
1: Baghdad that was Raided and sacked a few years ago And the House of Wisdom was destroyed? Shush,
0: shush no, no, okay. Ignore the historical inaccuracy Omar, just, just ignore it and let's carry on Anyway, uh, the, the, learning Is not in a building, is it? Anyway <laughs> That is true, you're very wise Yes, oh, thank you, anyway uh, So they want us to go down the list And let them know if we think they are actually omens or not they believe in omens. Well, yes, quite. Anyway, um, what oh. have we got here? Right, so on the 1st of September, they... Oh, Omar, they witnessed a lunar eclipse. They think that's an omen. They think that's an omen.
1: It, oh, it's it been the fifth one this year. We already sent letters telling them not to panic.
0: Yes, I, I suspect they don't read them, you know. Um, right, well, put that oh. in the not-omen column. Oh, yes, of if course. Have you, you drawn the table? Well, it's just a blank piece of paper, but fundamentally, yes. Yes, yes it's one column. Right, OK. Uh, what, what's the next one here? Um, a sheep with two heads. Just a genetic defect caused yes. at the fetal stage. It's
1: simple, simple.
0: Well, what could we put in, in language they'd understand, dear boy? Baby gone wrong. Excellent. I'll put that, baby gone wrong.
1: Or twice the sheep head soup.
0: Positive. Oh, nice. Spinning in in a positive. Nice. Okay. Next one. A an arc of multicolored light appeared over the Harge sphere. Well, I'm guessing they're talking about a rainbow. It certainly
1: sounds like it, doesn't it? Which is basically a fraction of light through a uh, uh, two mediums that causes the light to. T- I, to I must be missing something. That
0: me... no, no. It is. It's just. A, it's not even a double rainbow, man. No which is just a double refraction. This is just is is just explain I'm just going to put rainbow. Yes. Let them figure it yes. out. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um right. Uh what what have we got here then? Um Oh okay. No, I'll give them this one. There's a, a okay. ship. Yeah. A ship a floating ship
1: on oh. the horizon.
0: Okay. The ship was visibly above the waterline, apparently. Ah. So they're talking about the
1: refraction of objects. Yes, they've
0: really struggled with refraction, don't they?
1: Yeah. Just say yes. it's a magic boat. Magic boat sorcerers. Oh, so we just tell them that that one is an omen then, yeah, shall it's we? Not, no, no, it's not an omen.
0: It's just, it can be explained by magic. Okay. Magic, brackets, not omen. Yes. Okay. That one's interesting. Uh, three sons. Not had one of those for a while, have we? Uh, S-U-N-S or S-O-N-S? Not unless something's gone really wrong with their religion. Uh, No, S-U-N-S. Yeah, so three suns in the sky. Yes, we've we've come across this before. It's called a sun dog. Refraction. Yes, it is refraction. It's uh, ice crystals in the air, don't you know? Very rare. Yes, yes. Uh, But but, it uh, can
1: happen.
0: It can happen. So not omen. Okay, next one. Um. Wow, they really went down a rabbit hole here. Apparently the emperor put a straw in his drink and it looked wonky. Refraction, not omen. All in capital letters. Right, and uh, there's there's only one more, only one more. Um Good God, man! What? I don't know how to say this. There was a pig in the heart of Sophia.
1: Oh my God! Oh, the humanity! No! He no! Oh my! Oh my!
0: Oh my! Oh my! Um. And imagine an elf on a shelf looking sinister in the background. <sighs> yes. Every time you look away and then look back, he's closer with an evil look and a knife. I, I, you might want to cut this out of the episode, because I'll just ramble for a bit. But, um, in my class,
1: we did elf on the shelfy kind of thing. But I've got two. I've got a green one who we called Eric, and my yep. red elf called Nobby. <laughs> and, um, and we, we just in a topic on crime and punishment. And they'd learnt about being hung, drawn, and quartered. So gradually over the last week, Eric got slowly hung, drawn, and quartered, or cut off limbs and stuff. And when they came in, his head was like on a stick, his stomach was all open with the fluff everywhere, and his limbs were scattered around the room. It's quite fun.
0: You are the best teacher.
1: Yep. Yeah. A child asked if they could take him home, so they've got Eric home, they're gonna try and sew him back together. <laughs> I did tell them it's too late. It's too it, late. Is that the one child
0: in your class who believes in rehabilitation? To the extreme, I think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Anyway, Christmas special episode.